0: Turn to John chapter 3, I got this on my heart, and uh, I'm just going to give you a slight little introduction tonight, and then I'm going to jump into it probably two or three Wednesdays in a row on the the miracles of Christ. Uh, John chapter 3, I love the book of John, I mean it just, it reads like a who's who's, and I love the book of John, uh, and the miracles that is recorded in the book of John, what's the definition of a miracle? It is something that happens that only can be explained. God did it. God did it. Because if you can duplicate it and you can do it, then it's not a miracle. It's not a miracle. I'm glad there are some things in the Bible only God can do. I'm glad there are some things in my life that only God can do. We're looking at John chapter 3 tonight. And you may ask the question, where is the miracle in John chapter 3? Everybody knows John chapter 3. You know exactly what John chapter 3 is. Can I tell you this? The greatest miracles in John chapter 3. The greatest miracles in John chapter 3. If you read chapter 2, and it's when Jesus starts the miracles, when his mother said, you know, we run out of wine, they bring the water, say, whatever you do, do whatever he said to do, fill the pots up with water, and he turned the water into wine. And at the end of that story, it says, this, the beginning of miracles. This beginning of miracles. I, I'm glad that he can turn water into wine. I'm glad he can say to the wind and sea, be calm. I, I, I'm glad he can say to the leopard, be cleaned. I, I'm glad he can say to Lazarus, who's been dead four days, come forth. What thrills my soul. He can say to you and I. You have more than religion. You can have a relationship. <laughs> How that old black heart was washed in the red blood. And it became out as white as snow. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. It, it took a miracle that uh, hung the stars in space. It took a miracle to place their uh, uh, earth in, in its place. It, it took a miracle to save my soul. Cleansed and made me whole. It took a miracle of love and grace. If You're saved. You are a miracle tonight. John chapter 3, verse number 3. You know the story. Jesus answered and said unto him, talking about Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old and enter into the uh, second time into this mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the only way. There's no other condition. Except. A man be born again, of, born of water and of spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. First he said you cannot see. Now he says you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. Drop down to verse number 14. And Moses lift up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man Man be lifted. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in the world through Him might be saved. Look at verse number 36. It sums up, it's the simplicity of God's salvation plan all in this verse. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abide in Him. Let us pray. Father, we just thank You tonight, Lord. We thank you for the sweet spirit that we feel. God, I just ask you to help me tonight, Lord, this umption and desire I have in my heart to to go through the miracles of God. But, Lord, this is the greatest miracle there is. And, Father, we just thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I'm interested in verse 5 and 7, Jesus talks about born again, stepping out of religion into a relationship. That's the greatest miracle of all. It's better than turning water into wine. It's better than making a lame man walk. It's better than uh, even raising a man physically from the dead because being born again, being a Christian, having a relationship, being saved, not going to hell but going to heaven, having eternal everlasting life, that is a miracle. A disobedient, dirty, defiled sinner can be born again and claim God as their father, Christ as their advocate, and heaven as the home, and be able to say, I'm a child of the king. Because I have stepped out of religion into a relationship. Amen. Amen. There are many kinds of religion in this world. Most people have bad religion. False religion. Fake religion. If your religion makes you proud, arrogant, hateful, it's not Holy Ghost religion. If it's not blood-bought religion, it's not the spirit-regenerated religion. If your religion does not get you out of bed on church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, then you've got some bad religion in your life. It's not Holy Spirit religion. It's not blood-washed religion. If your religion produces hate, it is not Bible religion. It is a man-made religion. Can I tell you that man-made religion can send you to hell quicker than anything else? If you have a relationship with Christ and born again, you can go to heaven. You can leave this world with no fear. I'm glad that I can tell you tonight that I am born again we see this fellow in this text named Nicodemus he's the best that religion has to offer they cannot hurl any religious accusations at him they can't throw anything at him he would be able to pass without a blemish in his life what we call him he call, we call that he passes the smell test He is a man that prays three times a day. He's a man that fasts twice a week. He is a man that's keeping all the commandments. Here is a man that doesn't cuss, drink, chew, or run with those that do. Amen. He lives far above reproach. He would be somebody that you would call today and say, Hey, why don't you be our pastor today? He'd be somebody you want your daughters to marry up with. This man is the best of the best, the cream of the crop. He he is the best that religion can offer. Here's a man that's above reproach, the best that religion can offer, produce. But Jesus looks at him at the very best that religion has to offer and can produce and says, you got a problem. You got a problem, buddy. <laughs> what is it? You need a relationship. You need a relationship. You need to be born again. You need to belong beyond keeping the ten commandments. You need to be uh, go beyond keeping the rules and regulations. You need to go beyond through that. You need to go through beyond going through the motions. You need a relationship with me. And you can only have that relationship by being born again. That is a miracle in itself. And Jesus under under the stars that night looking at this man and explains to him about this new birth. Stepping out of religion into a relationship. Can I say this tonight? <laughs> if you're still in a religion, you need to step out of your religion. You need to find a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to hook on to Him like the songs they just sung. Uh, he is the man. Thank God for Calvary. Thank God for the old work of cross. But thank God for Jesus Christ. Yeah. As we read about Nicodemus in chapter 3, the chapter closes, leave us wondering about what happened to Nicodemus. What did he do with Jesus just telling him? Well, let's say you go to the end of Christ's life at the cross of Calvary. There was two men that cooked the body of Jesus down from the cross. And one of them is letting him borrow his tomb, Joseph Amatheus. The other man was Nicodemus, the one that came to Jesus by night, the Bible said. See, all that religion people, he said, all oh, you uh, uh, Pharisees and Sadducees and all the Sanhedrin of course, to all of y'all, you do what you want to do, but I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to wrap him in grave clothes. I'm going to put myrrh on him. I'm, I'm going to hold him, and I'm going to take him to the tomb. That's because I have all a relationship with him now. I stepped out of religion, and I found something a lot better than religion can ever offer. He said, I've decided to follow Jesus. You remember the day you decided you wanted to follow Jesus? You said, I I, I decided I want to get out of this religious junk all these real rules, regulations, commandments. I, I want to get out of that because I need to have something more than somebody telling me I can, not, cannot, can't do, cannot, can't. I need somebody to say, hey, I'm here for you. Let me give you three quick things and we'll go home. Concerning this passage. Don't you notice the necessity of the new birth? Jesus did not say it was an option. He didn't give you many ways, like he told you today. He didn't say it's something that you ought to consider. He says there is no exception to the rule. Ye must be born again. There's no way you'd have a physical life without a birth. And I believe life begins at conception. I don't care what this mindset is set today. I, I believe at conception, that is when life begins. Uh, if you say no, then you lost your ever-loving mind. You cannot plant something in the ground and it come up if you haven't put the seed in the ground. Yeah. Come on. Flowers come up out of the ground out of seed. Guess what? You come from the loins of your family. You were produced. You were born again and it wasn't the day I tell you what those that believe life begins at the first time you draw breath are so crippled from the neck up you can't knees clutches anymore There's something wrong with you today there's something wrong with this generation that we live in today that let's let's just go out and kill babies you've got to be alive tonight you're breathing tonight you're conscious of your surroundings tonight. There was a day you had a birth. Puppies come from mama dogs. There was a birth. If you have a spiritual life, listen to me if you have a spiritual life, you have everlasting life, eternal life. There was a moment in your life. There was an experience in your life. There was a day and a time when you said yes to Jesus. Believe the gospel. You didn't get more than religion, you got born again. Spiritual life for God can come into your life. In order to go to heaven, you need that, don't need to join a church. It's not about joining the church, it's more than being baptized. You must be born again. It's a necessity. It is a must. The only way to heaven you can get to heaven is be born again. I don't care what this world throws out to you and tell you there's many ways. There's only one way. There's only one way. Necessity of the new birth. The foundation of the new birth. If I was Nicodemus, my question would have been this. Lord, I know how unworthy I am. I know how wretched and undone I am. Lord, I know that I am religious on the outside. But on the inside, I'm rotten. I'm miserable. I have had many years of experience of that life in my life. When Jesus rebuked the Pharisees, he said, For ye are, are like white sepulchers, you, you, which indeed you are pure, beautiful, outward, but inward you're full of dead men's bones. I, I know what that's like. I know what it's like. You're unclean. Indeed, outwardly you also appear righteous to men, but inward you are full of hypocr- hypocrites and lawlessness. I understand that. That was my life for many years. I put on that facade. I put on that religious act. I know what to say, know what to do. I know how to act. I have put on all of that. I went through that motion year after year after year. I carried that round with me. I'm just somebody that's just having just religion. But during that revival that night, I got out of religion and I got into a relationship. What I did, I I got a hold of God and God got a hold of me. And I said, you know what? I've been playing this game for too long. I've been acting this way for too long. I'm empty inside. I'm hollow inside. But I still put that facade up like I'm somebody that's not. But Lord, tonight, I am yours. I'm siding with you. I'm taking your choice. I'm taking your word against me. I'm no longer worthy. I'm trusting in your blood is enough. I'm trusting that Calvary is enough. I'm trusting that your love is enough. I am stepping out of religion into a relationship tonight. Amen. Get out of your religion. Get out of it. Because I'm telling you, as long as you live in your religion, you'll never have a relationship with Jesus Christ. you got to surrender to him you got to come to him and side with God against yourself. Here I am, Lord. I'm I'm defiled, unworthy, undone, unclean. But I know the blood can wash me. I know your love can heal me. I I know the cross can carry me to heaven. I'm coming to you. Amen. I, I can see my mind works this way. I can see them out in the... And that moonlight there, Jesus lays his hands over Nicodemus' shoulder. And I, I see Jesus starts to speak to him. He, with that same voice at the burning bush of Mount Sinai. And Nicodemus, let me tell you what. Tell you why you're undone. The unclean and the unworthy. How, how can they be? Born again. Can 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 we know such a wonderful God have everlasting and eternal life? How how can I get that? How can I get in on that? Jesus looked at him and said, "For God. For God." He looks at him, and I I truly believe this. My mind works this way. I believe that when Nicodemus was standing there talking with Jesus, and as he looked in his eyes, he looked in the eyes of Jesus, but he saw himself. He saw his reflection. He says, how can I get that? How can I contain heaven? How can I be an unclean, unworthy, undone, wretched, defiled man? How can I get that way? He said, for God. For God <laughs> He said, "For God, so love the world. All he has heard from religion's world, the religion world. If you break the Ten Commandments, we'll pluck your eyes out. If you do this, we'll cut your feet off. If you do this, we'll cut your hands off. If you do this, we'll kill you. It's all he's heard from religion's world. But he's looked in the eyes of the Son of God. Jesus said, let me tell you how a sinner, how a sinner can be saved. How can go forth from religious world into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Here it is. For God so loved the world that he ate his only begotten Son. He's looking at him. You get get this. Jesus is telling him and he knows there's something different about this man. Jesus is telling him, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he's looking him dead in the eyes. The son of God. The son of God.
1: Man, I don't
0: don't know about you, but someday I'm going to look him right in the eyes. I'm going to look at those eyes. That looked at Nicodemus and told him, in order to be born again, you've got to be born again. And he's looking in his eyes. And I'm going to look in his eyes and say, thank God for Calvary. For God's little world gave his only begotten son. Now, if you think it's something open up your Bible and lead somebody, a sinner, to salvation. You think that's something. It is. For God so loved the world, they gave all they heard. But Here Nicodemus is looking into the eyes. Imagine what was going through his heart and his mind. He's looking right in the eyes of the man that said, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. And you're looking at him that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. What is the foundation of our faith? What is the foundation of being saved? What is the foundation of stepping out of religion into a relationship that is realizing God loved you? He sent Christ for you. He paid a debt for you. And he made it possible that we may be saved. The moment you trust Calvary, the blood that Jesus died on the cross, that is when you stepped out of the darkness into light, the wrong to right, death into light. That's the moment you trusted him. Being born again is God love, God's Son. And Jesus is more than enough for us. Necessity, the foundation for God to love the world sounds good. But Nicodemus is scratching his head. I know that I, I, I need to be regenerated, I know I need relationship. I know that God's gift and God's love makes it possible. But what is the key? What's the key? What is the secret? That brings me into that relationship. How can I get into that? Jesus looked at him and said, Not only does God love you, and not only did he give his only begotten son for you, but here's how you get in on that. That whosoever. <laughs> Aren't you glad that you are part of the whosoever? <laughs> That whosoever believeth in him. What does he mean by that phrase? Believeth in him. It means agreeing with God against yourself and all the filthiness of yourself. telling God's righteousness and saying, I'm a filthy undone man. I agree with you, God. And I'm accepting what you've done for me. I'm trusting what you've done for me. I'm trusting your word. I thought I'd never get that. I thought I'd never get that. Most people know by the title, but not by reality. I always believed Christ died for me. I, I believed that when, when I, was, I was a heathen, I know that Christ lived. I know Christ died. I I heard preachers preach about it. I heard singers singing about it. I've heard people testify about it. But that night, on my knees, it became reality to me. It It was more than a biblical fact. But I accepted it. I accept what he'd done for me. I sided with God and took his word. God said, I, I was a sinner. I agree. God said, I was going to hell. I agree. Lord, you said you love me. I agree. You died on the cross for me. I agree. You paid a debt for me. I agree. My blood is enough. My salvation is enough. I no longer trust my church membership I no longer trust my water baptism right now. I accept you as my Savior. I claim you as my King. I cast myself upon you. I take you at your word. I am the problem. You are the answer. I stepped out of religion into a relationship. You have to trust in the gospel and believe in his word. John said, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. I was asked one time to explain that. How do you explain that? Well, I said, "Let let me explain it to you this way. I was taught in school that George Washington was our first president. Now, I've never met the man. I've never been to his house, nor he's ever been to my house. I've never written him a letter. He's never written me a letter. But they said it, that he was the first president. I wasn't there when they inaugurated him. I don't know. I don't know. But because I believe the witness of man that he was our first president, then I agree with him. Yes, he was our first president. Then why can't I believe God's witness is greater than man's witness. And I read God's word and God tells me what he's done for us and what he's done for us and how he's taken care of us. Why can't I believe and trust in that like I do what some man tells me? I am trusting in God because God said it so. I can trust the Bible says about his son, Jesus, about his new birth because the witness of God is greater than man. How many of you believe George Washington is the president? Amen. I mean, there's no argument. We've got history books about it. That tells us that everything is going on. But let me tell you what. How many believe that Jesus is the son of God? I've got a book that says he is. I've got a book that says, hey, there's no doubt in my mind he is the son of God. Thank you. The key to new birth is receiving Christ and trusting Christ. So, what do we get if we go through these steps of this new birth? The results of the new birth, I love this, is eternal and everlasting life. In verse 15, it says eternal life. In verse 16, it says everlasting life. You say, ain't they the same? Well, somewhat. Close, not quite. One's quality, one's quantity. That's all it is. Eternal is Immeasurable state of time. In other words, with no end. What is everlasting is it's an unchangeable state. That's what that is. Eternal is one that someone says, someone says, age is all in your mind. I'm old. My mind lets me know that I'm old all the time. And i'm afraid i'm getting older every day and my body lets me know i'm getting older every day but i'm telling you there there's coming a day there's coming a day that i won't hurt no more I won't have no pain no more. I won't have to suffer no more. I'll not have to walk by the graveside anymore. I'll not have to go to a funeral home anymore. I won't have to worry about getting up and aching and pain. I'm going to have a glorified body like Jesus Christ. I know that I have eternal life that's going to last for eternity, everlasting life. I'm looking forward to something. I'm looking forward to that. Can you get that in your mind laying down this old crusty old body down? <laughs> the aches and pains and the suffering and the trials that we go through and the burdens that hurts us every day. And we lay it down and say, Lord, I lay this body down. Let me say this. You know what? That's a good thought right there. When we can lay this body down and be a glorified body. Can I tell y'all this? You can do it now. You can do it now. You ain't got to wait to get to heaven to enjoy the things of heaven. Oh, I can't wait till I get to heaven to sing on the throne of God. Why ain't you singing it now? I can't wait to get to heaven and see the saints. You're born again, you're a saint of God, you're a royal priesthood. Right now, right now. Why do we wait to get to heaven to see all the things that God gave us right here? I may hurt. I may get up and groan and gripe about my body i may but let me just say thank god thank god the key is that we'll have everlasting life everlasting life can you imagine a billion years from now hey how you doing James how you doing i'm doing great buddy never felt better never been better i ain't had an hurt i ain't had a hurt in a billion years what? Nah, buddy. Being years, I'm hurt free, pain free, not suffering. All my friends are still around me. Some of them I wish they weren't around me, but some of them are right here now. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that in your mind? Boy, I'm going to tell you what a day. That song that sings what a day is. There are so many that I have that's over, already crossed over that I can't wait to see again. But let me just say this, and we'll be finished. Some of them ain't going to make it. Some of your friends and loved ones ain't going to make it. They're not going to make it. Why? Verse 31 says, Him that has Christ has everlasting life. But him that doesn't, the wrath of God is upon them. What does that tell us? That tells us we got some work to do. Yeah. We got to get out and witness to those that are lost and done. Tell them about Christ. Keep telling them. Keep telling them. We had some friends down in Florida. He had to go to the hospital just about every month and pump fluid off his heart. And I said, are you tired of this? He said, yeah, but I tell you what, when I get to the hospital, I get to witness all them people up there. And he was. He was a witness machine. He'd witnessed everybody coming that way. He said, "I think that's where God puts me because I do my best witness in the hospital." So God just sends me back here every month. I said, "Okay, <laughs> you can deal with that. Go for it, buddy." But I went to visit with him when they told me. He called me up, says, "Doctor says he ain't coming out of hospital. He's not coming out of hospital." So I was we was going to a revival, and I got the phone call. So I turned around, I had to go all the way back to Orlando, and I went in the hospital and uh, sitting there talking with him. He's laying in bed and everything. And I said. Well, they said, you're in pretty bad shape. He said, yeah. I said, well, you know what? Have they talked to God yet? He says, no, they haven't. I said, well, let's us talk to God. So we prayed right there, and he walked out of our hospital. And he was there. He was three, four, five years. He was good. I mean, God knows it. But don't give up on people. Don't turn your back on people. Keep praying. That, that, that Somebody touch heaven for me. It's on my mind. It's ringing on my mind. And we'll go through the miracles of God and see what God can do. And what God, get this in your mind. What God did then, God can do now. It's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing. And what He done for them, He'll do for you. Why is it that we don't see the miracles like they did back then? Because we don't have the faith like they did. We've got to let our faith grow. Let our faith grow.